welcome to another episode of Tales of Tavat, a Genshin lore podcast. Last week, we talked about the beautiful Ayaka, suspicious Ayato, and debated wet socks to no end. This week, we're going to be discussing Mona Majestus, the astrologist. Additionally, I want to remind travelers to visit talesofdevot.com to see visual representations of the lore mentioned during today's podcast. Your guides have put them together for you to make things a little easier to understand. On our site, you can also find some awesome goodies, including artist spotlights from the community for each episode, wallpapers for download, and a way to check out some of our favorite Genshin merch. Finally, feel free to email us at talesofdevotpod at gmail.com to let us know what you think of this week's episode and what topics you'd like to see in the future. Unfortunately, I'm not an astrologist though, and I can't see the future of Mona in this game because I think Mona's going to be really important. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, let's talk a little bit about astrology as a whole in the game. It seems like astrology is a pretty important piece. Which is weird because the sky is fake. <laughs> the stars are a lie. It's all a gigantic hoax. <laughs> Maybe that's a way to confuse people, keep them under the spell. I mean, we do have the constellations being pretty much a second aspect of all of our characters and that having hidden meaning or some just cool references. And I know in that first event in 1.0 or 1.1, the unreconciled stars or dream, whichever the fuck that none of us played, we have a meteorite, aka a star falling from a person's constellation crashing down. Can I be a real big geek and not and tell you that a meteorite's not a star? Oh, what? <laughs> Well, yes, they called it that, and then it turned out it was back to star. I, this is going to be the science geek of me. I didn't know that. <laughs> well, it's weird because the stars are so important in this game. I mean, when we're wishing, you know, we're trying to get constellations that are assigned to each character. But we also know from that Unreconciled Stars event that the stars are a lie. So Let me just talk about that for a second. So Skara tells us that the skies, the stars are a lie. We trust him. Because yeah. it's forbidden knowledge. Why do we believe him? Well, at the time, I don't think we did. But now... Well, he seemed very, like, taken aback. And, like, he was just finding this out for the first time. And he, if I remember correctly, was really insulted that Piero seemed to know about it right. and didn't tell him. So he was just sort of finding out and felt very, like, hoodwinked. Like, what the oh. fuck, man? You sent me out here to do what? And you didn't even, what? Another point, too, with the constellations, you know, you guys were saying how everyone has a constellation. We pull for different stars on the constellation to get their skills up. And Mona is actually very aware of these constellations, which is interesting, too. You know, I wonder if there are other people in the game that are aware that everyone is, like, kind of blessed with a constellation. I know Mona has a voice line about Cleese and says that it's very lucky. Like, Cleese very blessed to have a lucky constellation. I mean, it is a rabbit, right? No, it, it's the clover. Oh, no, it's a clover! Right, it's a four-leaf clover. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. You were thinking amber. I got you. Also lucky. But yeah, astrology seems to be a big part of this game. And it's interesting because with Mona, she's able to, like, scry and read people's powers through hydromancy, I believe. Hydromancy. Hydromancy. Which always just makes me think of necromancy and is not the same thing. I mean, 
well. I like necromancy. <laughs> you can use hydromancy to know if someone's about to use necromancy on go. somebody. <laughs> I like the fact that she uses the reflection of the stars into water to see into those things. I don't know why. I just thought it was really neat. And I don't know if it's because like, you know, like she can't just like, they're right up there. She could just look, but she looks through the water <laughs> instead. Well, maybe she knows that that in fact, the stars are fake. And so when you look <laughs> yeah. in the reflection of the water, you're looking at the actual Maybe. I will say hydromancy has been like a legit thing since probably before the 16th century. Can't remember exactly. I think it was a like a Jesuit M.A. Del Rio talks a lot about like several different methods, but basically it could either be like you're looking into the water, analyzing the flow or ripples. I found something funny on the wiki because, of course, it was a wiki. There was a Germanic tribe that threw newborns into the Rhine River. And I was like, Rhine? You don't say <laughs> Like Rhine daughter? Maybe. I just thought that was freaking cute and like funny. <laughs> it's really cute. They threw the babies in the river. Yeah. It's like just <laughs> here, have a good dunk and be christened on this <laughs> evening drown. That's how they dealt with our orphans. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to just backtrack. Uh, you were saying how Mona uses the water to reflect the constellations, which is also super interesting considering the sky is fate. I know we've talked about it before, but maybe we should jump a little deeper into unreconciled stars. I know in our Scaramouche episode, we kind of took a deep dive into it, but why don't we look at it more from Mona's perspective? I will say the reflection, like looking at the reflection in water it could just be a nod to how scrying within a mirror works because the mirror is a reflection and it's also part of divination but it can also be kind of like opening a portal or like scrying into the future to the past to like another plane stuff like that and in that case when you scry into a mirror you're always looking at the reflection hmm. I didn't know that. That's interesting. It's so weird, though, because if Mona is using, you know, the stars to read people, but the stars are a lie, like, how can the stars be fake or a lie, but then you can also use them to tell the future or see the truth of the world. Yeah, especially since Mona's things have been proven as true. It's not like she's saying these things and they're never coming to fruition. Right. The question is, are we just in a snow globe with clear glass where we can see the actual sky, but can't actually touch it? Right. Like full Simpsons moment happened <laughs> Or, you know, is that a part of the human realm being created on top of the light slash elemental realm? Is that there's this layer of, you know, fake stars that everyone sees? I mean, we talked about the sky's butthole last time. <laughs> And so, I mean, I don't know if it's just meta or what, but it's like this actual stars do look very fake. <laughs> right. Not sure if that's intentional or not, but it's really weird that the constellations do seem to be tied to a person's fate in the game. But then we're also told that, the you know, the stars are a lie. Maybe it's a fate that's already written out. So where Mona's kind of looking at it and being able to see these things and we have these constellations with all these characters and, and all these people, you know, maybe it's already kind 
kind of laid out on a path. So she's kind of still seeing places, but it's just already been a, you know, instead of something that nobody knows about, there's like a, a divine author. Right. You know, too, we've talked a lot about like filth of the world with the Yaksha. How dare you call me the filth of the world? No. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't believe it. But no, no, you're beautiful. Tip is our shining diamond. No filth here. But in Tavat, there's a lot of filth. And <laughs> we've heard a lot about that. And we talked about it in some of our past episodes. But I think the Yakshas are a good like example of that. They have the filth of these enemies, like the dead gods or the evil monsters. Like they have this layer of filth on them. And we've talked about it a little bit with like the ley lines too. So I wonder if there's almost like a thin film of filth covering Tevat too and keeping the stars from us. Like all the sins of the world. Like an ozone layer that's been filled with carbon monoxide. Yes. An ozone layer filled of sin. The entirety of Genshin is actually just an allegory for climate change. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) I would believe it. I would believe that actually. There is a subtle theory that people have thrown around in the Genshin community that the whole world of Tevat, Tevat, the word Tevat means boat or ark or, you know, a vessel of some sort that, you know, can float on water. There is actually like a piece of the lore that talks about when the ark was opened, by the way. Yeah. Ooh. If you look into like the primordial one, oh, that's like a line within the game lore is that, you know, when the Ark was opened. Was Indiana Jones there too? <laughs> just I'm just saying like if to that means Ark and, you know, there's, I know we don't want to get into Honkai, but there was uh, a ship uh, that was sent out from the Honkai universe to, you know, find a different world to populate. So that's like one of the main theories about <laughs> Honkai's connection to to that. And they said that in the manga of Honkai and the Ark were two stars. Oh, interesting. But we didn't find Tavat. Well, anyway, let's backtrack. <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> we'll do a uh, The World of Tavat episode eventually. Please! History! Let's do it! Let's backtrack to Mona, you know, our girl here today. We were talking about unreconciled stars. And like I said, we've talked a little bit about this, but basically, Scaramouche has been sent to investigate these meteors that have been falling from the sky. And we happen to also be involved in this with Mona. I don't know if it's like we run into Mona. I'm not 100% sure. I don't 100% remember the storyline. So if anyone wants to intervene, please do. Oh, wait, the when we meet her in leeway when we meet her in unreconciled star yeah on the beach i think her character story came out before this update because when i was looking back at like a playthrough of like just someone who had filmed the them playing the event it seemed that mona had already established herself in monstat during unreconciled stars Mm, yes think so interesting okay because we meet her in her character story she's going through leeway to try to get to monstat because her master b the old hag has asked her to collect a box from her friend Alice. That's not part of the unrecon the stars though, right? No, what I'm saying is that was before Unreconciled. So she was already in Mondstadt and established in Mondstadt right. when Reconciled came out. Oh, I didn't know that. I always thought that Mona released a few months after Unreconciled Stars came out. I think Unreconciled Stars actually introduced Fischl. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It was like Mona meeting Fischl for the first time. Okay, I, I wasn't sure. I mean, I don't know if she was 
playable yet, but I believe that was the first appearance official, aka Amy. <laughs> if it helps at all, Mona's character demo came out in September of 2020. Yeah, and the gets when the game released. When did Reconciled Stars come out? That was 1.1, so it couldn't have been too long after that. Yeah, and we, we don't have to harp on this either, but I do just want to talk about Unreconciled Stars just because I think it's really important to go back to our big point of astrology and why the sky is fate in Tabat. And it also gives us a lot of interesting lore for Mona where we learn that she can sense danger. I think that's the first time we really have someone who could be like, oh shit, we're in danger. And she blurps us away. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like, Molly, you in danger, girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she blurps us away. Blurp. But I know we talked about Unreconciled Stars a lot in a previous episode. So I think it's just important to know that in that event, which you can no longer play, but you can view on YouTube, we can link to it on our site again. But Mona and Skara realize that they are not following meteors that have fallen to the ground, but they're actually parts of a constellation. And they're part of a guy's constellation who has passed many years prior, which I also think is interesting that the constellations are staying in the sky for so long. And it kind of goes back to all the tiny, whiny shit happening in Tavat. It's like, why is this dead man's constellation still up in the sky? Can I throw out a weird theory? So we know for a fact, well, okay, we don't know for a fact, but we do know that those confirmed to have constellations are vision holders or people of significant importance. I thought possibly our vision holders when they pass on, are there constellations in the sky kind of like a way to honor them as heroes or vision holders themselves? Kind of like how in, in Greek mythology you have heroes in Elysium in a very like cushy afterlife and maybe when there's parts of the constellation fall, maybe that's like they're gonna be reincarnated or they're coming back to the world for some reason. It's stupid to like go that deep into it, but like what if? <laughs> no, I, I think it's a great question and it's also like can a constellation should be like passed down from one to another too like is gene the only one with a lion <gasps> what if oh my god what if vanessa had the lion bang constellation right gorgeous lion and then maybe at one point either during conception or birth you never know a part of the constellation fell and jean was born i mean the whole act of wishing in this game is confusing like when we wish and it's shown as a falling star a shooting star because it's not a falling star we know it's a sh- like it's a shooting star at least but we can assume it's falling like are we supposed to take that as like a star is literally falling out of the sky and that's Ooh. what gives people their power like is it tied to the granting of a vision (gasps) that would be really cool if you found that out right like every time a star falls from the heavens someone is blessed with the powers of whatever it goes to the phrase wish upon a falling star wish upon a shooting star Which is, I mean, it's it's very poignant that we call them wishes, that they are wishes. They are in the form of these like intricate stars connected in like a cute ball. It's almost like a gotcha ball, if you will, but... <laughs> It's fascinating with how far in depth wishes, wishing, and stars become. Because we look at the summer event, we look at Mona, we look at unreconciled stars, which many people have said this should have been a damn Archon quest, and I fully agree. Yeah, It makes no sense because it changes the entire perception of the world. And majority of the player base Mm -hmm. do not know it. Right. Also... 
Is a star that's like closer to the sky's butthole more powerful than a star that's farther away? Anything closer to the booty hole is more powerful. Maybe the stars get <laughs> popped out of the sky's butthole. Oh, oh. My God. visions are maybe that's out. that's very confirmed. Yeah, I will say. Uh, and lastly, we'll go back to Bona. I do think it's interesting too that visions are supposed to be granted to those with great ambitions of some sort, and it's interesting that we would wish upon a star for our ambitions to be fulfilled. And so it is an interesting concept that, you know, D. Luke could have been putting his ambitions out into the world and that could have come off as like a wish to the Archons and mm-hmm. he was granted a vision. For those with dead friends, I don't know, they're hoping for a sign to continue on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh my God. Wait, wait a minute. Remember spoilers, travelers, but at the very end of the Inazuma first part of the Archon quest, when we're doing our final battle with A, isn't what like gets us mega powerful telling the Raiden Shogun and getting everyone's wishes and ambitions into us yeah like we borrow the power of all the stolen visions let me tell you if they borrowed my ambition I would not have been a lot of help (laughs) (laughs) y'all have like dead visions yeah yeah (laughs) they don't even take my vision in the vision hunt decree they're like like, no we're good you just hold on to that we're fine (laughs) are you sure it was one swing. That's all. <laughs> but speaking of dead visions, Mona's vision originally was a masterless dead vision that was given to her by the old hag. Mm-hmm. She is mm-hmm. only one of two characters that have actually like got. I, I yeah. want to okay two officially, one, right? but yes. Mm-hmm. But let's like throw Kazuo in there too because like he did activate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It blurped, if if you will. It blurped. It blurped. But yeah, it's interesting that the vision was masterless and that Mona doesn't really seem like too interested in the fact that she got a vision at all. She's like, meh, whatever. Yeah, she's kind of like, whatever. <laughs> I don't. Where did this. the old hag get it from? The old hag just has a lot of things. She's like a Mary Poppins bag. Who'd she kill? <laughs> or is the old hag a god? I'm really obsessed with the fact that the old hag, aka, what's her name? Barbala. Um, she is described as a friend dash rival of alice's a frenemy a frenemy yeah which actually takes us into mona's story quest that we do where we meet mona and leeway and find out that she is going to monstat to meet with this great witch's successor she never says alice up front she's just like my master's frenemy has a successor and i need to go steal something from them basically yeah that was so mysterious and weird yeah it was super interesting and super strange that she wasn't very forthcoming with us but anyway we help her and we travel back to monset with her and we actually see her capabilities to read people again she's able to tell that a group of quote-unquote traveling merchants are actually treasure hoarders and we fight them and she kind of saves us in a sense and when we make it to Mondstadt we find out that she's looking for Klee <laughs> right and and I guess Klee carries around this box from Alice <laughs> what's in the box I know I want to know what what was in that box yeah because we find out there's nothing in the box currently that Klee dumped it out <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's hiding it somewhere I love her it's probably in that yeah. hole it probably blew up in one of the holes but Mona is so distraught by the fact that she was not able to get this information for her master, that she decides to live in Mondstadt because she cannot bear the idea of going back to her master and telling her that this stuff is gone. And whatever it is has like the dark history of her master within it, whatever the hell that means. 
Yeah, like the history of her youth or whatever, which is so kind of creepy. Right. And especially when we start to hear Mona talk about this woman that she calls the old hag. And she sounds like a like a nagging grandmother almost. <laughs> and we do find out that Mona is most likely already in line to become her successor. It sounds like she is like her pupil, her descendant. And Lisa has a voice line that makes it sound like Mona may already be involved with the Hexen Circle. Yeah. Yeah. And the Hexen Circle is the group of powerful witches and other fair ladies that has come up a couple of times. And it was Windbloom when the recent Windbloom, we, we actually got a little bit more information into the Hexen Circle and got to, you know, have a little bit like more of a one-on-one with them. But we do know that they are some important women, including Alice and the old hag. Yeah. So maybe we take a second to talk about the Hexen Circle. So we've heard that there might be like a high society of witches. And we know that Lisa mentions that pretty early on in her voice line about Mona. She says that Mona is an excellent maid but I'm not a part of the Hexen Circle. The idea of Ermensel exploration and formal tea parties just leaves me cold. So in Windbloom, we definitely learned about the latter. There's a lot of tea parties. They have like an island in the sky where there's a giant tea table and they could sit down and have tea and there's like a little lamp where they could communicate with each other and people who can't make it. Which is amazing. Just, just put it out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know we get to hear some voices in that event as well. And it's very confusing because we hear three voices, quote quote unquote. They're supposed to be the voices of Alice, the old hag, and Gold. Gold, aka Ryan Daughter, who is Albedo's master. So we hear all three of them chatting. Now there's some speculation that those voices were just Alice intimidating them. I've heard people saying that there was really just Alice there. But also at the same time, this one person came out as the voice actress of Gold. So I'm not really sure... <laughs> hmm. If like maybe Alice can just really do some good voice acting yeah. <laughs> and they did hire voice actresses for it. I don't know. Uh, so it's a little unclear about whether or not the three of them were hanging out or Alice was all alone. Yeah, I took it as Alice was pretending to be them. Yeah, it wasn't until teaser trailer that came out with all the other different voices. Was it confirmed that one voice actor who came out and confirmed was legit? gold okay got it got it very exciting they don't announce voice actors typically that early so i was quite excited but yes we learned a little bit about the hexen circle and we weren't learned that there are these powerful witches and in german i think hexen circle is like circle of witches or something like that mm-hmm. which is fun because the it makes you think that maybe the Hexen Circle started in Mondstadt as well, especially since Alice has left Klee in Mondstadt, so that's one witch related to Mondstadt. Technically, Gold left Albedo to Alice and then to <laughs> Mondstadt, <laughs> uh, which is interesting. And then you also have the Boar Princess, the author, I should say, of the Boar Princess, which is a book that you could collect in Genshin. Anderson Dotter. Yes, she's also from Mondstadt, one would assume, because the Boar Princess is about, like, a dragon's mind situation from my understanding so it's interesting that a lot of these people are from monster and you have like the german pulled into it so maybe that's a hint that it's mostly a circle of monstadian powerful witches also interesting that lisa is not involved she wants nothing to do with it because they explore ermine's soul question mark i think that's because lisa's dying don't remind it's confirmed unfortunately we have to remind you and like that could be because of forbidden knowledge and forbidden knowledge is absolutely linked to the study of Soul. so maybe she's like i don't want to test it i don't want to jinx it again I'm a backup. 
and I'm going to have these big old bitties in my library. I can't believe that we heard about Ermensol that early. Like, I feel like it seemed so brandy new to me in Sumeru. I mean, it was only, I think that's the only moment when we have Ermensol told to us, unless it was in some other book. If it had been mentioned, it was always in like those offhand comments that the context of it was not so important that we would be actively listening. So that's also insane to know because it, it felt so new. You're right. And it felt like, how does no one know about this? In fact, everyone knows about it. Well, it's also interesting because I think a lot of people in general sleep on Lisa. I think they sleep on her lore-wise and build-wise. So it's not surprising that like none of us went back and read Lisa's voice slide about Mona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, call us out there, fiends. Uh, I mean, me too, though. I didn't know. And I <laughs> like Lisa. So, I, you know, it, it is interesting. But we do find out that Mona, through this, is associated with the Hexen Circle. I would love to know what they're doing in Ermensoul, by the way. Uh, it makes me wonder if they're the ones who actually erased the original Traveler from Ermensoul. Ugh! Who knows? Uh, right? Like, that adds another wrench into it. Mm. And that also makes me wonder if the Hexen Circle is in cahoots with the Fatui at all. Or the Abyss. Mm. Or the mm. abyss. So I really do hope with that like lore drop trailer where we get to see Albedo as a little bitty baby, we get some more information soon. They can't just drop a Hexen Circle trailer and then give us nothing, but they can and they probably will. They shouldn't <laughs> is more so what I'd like to say. <laughs> We also had Nicole doing that mysterious voice line at the end of that Sumeru quest. Mm -hmm. After we're smoking the reefer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was just, it was just, you know, hotboxing yourself in incense is really, really strong. You know, I felt like I got a headache thinking about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they seem to be very interested in exploring the truth of the world. I mean, we know that Gold, aka Ryan Daughter, tasked Albedo with seeking out the truth of the world. And we know that Mona is friends with Albedo and Klee. So you almost have like the successors, like having a little like camaraderie you know happening isn't that weird like i feel like until i saw the hexen circle stuff i never really put all that together because mona has a, a quite large voice line about albedo uh, which is interesting because albedo does not have a voice line about her <laughs> <laughs> I was so surprised by that, to be honest, where Mona is basically like, yeah, I hang out with Clean Albedo because they give me free lunch. But <laughs> right. I also hang out with them because Albedo and I are on similar like missions. And she does say how nice it would be to not be as constrained as she is. Like, she feels like Albedo has more free will in his research than she does. And I don't know if that's because she feels, like, confined by the astrology part. She gets very upset about the brute honesty that she has to have in it and how she kind of has to tell people that they're going to fail sometimes. And it, it honestly makes me think of Bruno from Encanto, where they're like, he told me my fish was going to die and then he did. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, back to Albedo. <laughs> Wait, if he doesn't have a voice line at all about Mona, then who is Mona talking to? Well, I don't think it's sus. I don't think it's Suspedo. Did he just like <laughs> forget about Mona the second she's off screen? I feel like he doesn't see it as a 
significant relationship as much as that is to say. Whoa. He's just not that into you, girl. Like, Mona's almost, like, looking up to Albedo and is also kind of hanging out with Klee because she's like, fuck you, Klee. Where's this book? Where, I mean, where's this box? Where's all the but shit she's from also the box? like, can I get a free lunch? Yeah, literally. And mm-hmm. Albedo's got all sorts of money from his painting, so he don't care. But so does Mona, though. <laughs> well, not from the paintings. Well, you know, that's true, too. Mona has money that she immediately spends did y'all know that she has a job yes no, I did. Actual job. so i have always theorized that mona is originally from fontaine that was because like she was walking through leeway and i'm like what's close to leeway fontaine from at, at the time supposedly i was so confused i was like it is but also because her master is stationed somewhat in fontaine and then you find out she writes a column about astrology for the steambird aka the newspaper in Fontaine. Right. I'm confused. You said we know that her master is located in Fontaine. Where do we learn that? Maybe I'm just willing it. I lied. Yeah, I was wondering the same thing because I couldn't I tell if she's from Fontaine or Leeway because I thought it might be Leeway. Like, I don't, I feel like it's unclear in the lore. I'm going to be honest. I feel like none of these witches are from anywhere and they're just like vibing <laughs> out in space somewhere. I, I, they're like, all descenders. <laughs> it's just interesting because it's like, you know, we find Mona in leeway and what i always assumed was the home of her master but mm-hmm. not for nothing if the master wanted she could come find mona she's only a hop skip and a jump over in monstat like she's not far and she could probably read the future somewhat of where mona is and she probably saw the fact that mona wasn't even going to get the answer she needed right away yeah like where is barbaloth where's alice where's gold yeah where are, where <laughs> are these damn witches Maybe they're all in the in the fucking abyss. And that like leads you to another question. Maybe they're in the abyss, but maybe they're in Ermansoul. Like, what are they doing? They're just, just stuck there. They kind of imply that Nicole is in Ermansoul. That would make sense. She's like the one that will like randomly intervene in world events. Yeah, she only cares about big world things. So like people all deleting themselves from Ermin's soul's memory. I mean, she was, she chilled with that. Yeah, she was like, you know what? Good riddance, yeah. Scaramouche. <laughs> well, I mean, for Scaramouche, but I mean, for Ruka Devada, I think think she had a little bit more of like, ooh, I might need to step in here. Nah, she also just let that happen. She don't know shit. She might be there, but she ain't doing nothing. <laughs> Nicole's really just sitting there eating popcorn. She's just like, how the hell did I just get the name Nicole? She's so shady. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nicole? Like, you have... All switches with cool names. I mean, I guess Alice's name isn't like the coolest, but like. Okay, but they're all references. So, like, Ryan, daughter, and gold. I mean, gold is specific in alchemy and alchemic formulations for very specific reasons. Well, we can go into that in a full Ryan, daughter, and gold Albedo episode. Signify. Yeah, it's Nicole an, signifies it's, Nicole silly little is white derived girl. from Nike, aka the goddess of victory. Also, the, the daughter of Athena. <laughs> no, this is all this like they're all either from Greek mythology or from fairy tales because we have Alice, Alice in Wonderland. She's going around to Vat, you know, on a little adventure. We have Anderson daughter who wrote the fucking Boar Princess. That's Kristen Anderson who wrote the Snow Queen. It's literally that. 
So what's oh, Barbaloth? Yeah, what's Barbaloth? Barbaloth? Oh, actually, it comes from Barbalo, which technically the first imitation of God. So it's second to God in the Gnostic faith. That's where that's supposed to come from. So they're either from mythologies of different cultures or different religions or from fairy tales and or... I wish they just named her Nike because I could be like, just <laughs> do it. It would have been too easy because it's not just that it's Nike. It's that Nike in the aspect that Nike is the daughter of Athena. Athena is the goddess of wisdom, specifically on military tactic. She's kind of like the epithet of that more so. It's weird. Anyway. Anything's better than Nicole. No offense to the Nicoles of the world, but. I do know a Nicole. But is it with an H? Yes, it is. And I see H. And I see H this hall. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, so, okay, awesome. So we've, we've covered a little bit about the Hexen Circle, and I think there's a lot more that we could dive into there. But let's pause the breaks on that for now. And let's actually talk about some of the other relationships that Mona has. We talked very briefly about her relationship with Albedo, and I would like to say one more thing on that. For most of Mona's voice lines about people, she talks about their constellation. And in Albedo, she does not. And I don't know if that's on purpose. I don't know if she's ever mm. actually tried to read it, considering the fact that he's made of chalk and he's made of fake shit and he's not real. You think <laughs> she would like mention that in her voice light about him? Hmm. Would she hide in? I don't think she's hiding anything. I think she would have already known because her master is frenemies with Alice and Ryan daughter. Well, we don't know if they're frenemies with gold. We do know that like with Alice, but not, we don't know anything about. I'm just saying the possibility they do know each other. And we do know that the people of the Hexen Circle do know each other. That's true. If not quite well, they... Wouldn't she still be hiding something? Because what does that have anything to do with him not having a constellation? Well, he has a constellation. No, I mean, I'm sorry, her not talking about the constellation. That still then leads me to believe that there's something within the Hexen, Hex, Hexen Circle that's like, just don't let anybody talk about Albedo. Or let's not talk about Bruce. Bruno, just to pull it back to get in contact. No, now no, Albedo's no, Bruno. No. <laughs> Maybe everyone's scared of gold. I mean, I'm I mean, scared of her. The great sinner, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they all know they're like, shit, this bitch has made some terrible shit. Well, yeah. not saying that Albedo's <laughs> terrible. I'm in no way saying that, but hey. some like of those, like those hounds and stuff like that. She doesn't really have a good track record. But she's only had two successful experiments, which was Albedo and Durin. And Durin was a sweet baby. Yeah, and a lot of other ones that are horrible. <laughs> exactly. They were failed experiments. They were the failures. I've been switched from gold being the actual villain to gold might actually be the hero of the story. Nah. Um, I have a big theory on that. Thank you, Ashikai. I love all your videos, especially your Hex Circle one. I was going to say maybe, because I don't think everyone knows that Albedo is not human and is made of chalk. Oh, yeah. that That's where the question comes into, like, does Mona already know? I think Mona would have already known because of her relationship with Barbaloth or B. And I think perhaps she's keeping that secret. So she doesn't want to say that he doesn't have a constellation because 
because then that calls into question, well, what's wrong with him? She's hiding something. Exactly. Little does she know, we already know. He told us. But Albedo and Clea side, Mona has some other relationships that are pretty interesting. A small relationship she has that I'd like to take note of before we jump into the princessin, because that's like a big relationship, <laughs> uh, is actually with the goth family. So a lot of us might know the goths as the owners of the goth hotel, but the goths have a little bit of history amongst them. We won't get too much into it. There's a son that's trying to date a girl from Springvale and the dad's not supportive of it. But then we also have Mr. Goth who is renting out a room to Mona. And sometimes one of your dailies in Monsta is to like chase Mona down for her rent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's interesting too that she has established some like NPC relationships in the game too. Yeah. And that includes actually with Fischl's family too. She does talk about how Fischl's mother makes the best cold cut platter ever. The cold cut platter is my favorite little like tidbit. Like it's so silly and so out of nowhere that Fischl's mother makes a good cold cut platter. And I don't know if that's like a dig to her not being able to cook because she can take deli meat and <laughs> slap it on a... <laughs> I mean, look, Mona is seeking out free food <laughs> We also find out about the cold cut platter during this past summer event in mm. 2022, which is where we also kind of find out that Mona does have some money. She's just also very frugal with it, too. She's not, it's not that she's frugal. Yeah, she also spends it on a lot of like astrology stuff. Yeah, she like immediately, every paycheck, she immately spends almost all of it on astrology supplies. I'm like, Ugh, really why are they content. so expensive? <laughs> like, what is she? <laughs> why are wishes so expensive? <laughs> I mean, would you insult your mother-in-law's cooking? Oh my god. Because <laughs> I don't think Mona would, which is why she does what she does to be a good wife to her wife. Aww. I also want to say with the cold cut platter, like I don't really know what a cold cut platter is supposed to be. It's a platter of meats. It makes me think of like when you were younger and like you went to a friend's house or like you went to the beach with your friends and their parents would just put out cold cuts of bread basically <laughs> and be like, Make yep. your own sandwich. Go for it. Like yeah. beans, you have just described a cold cut platter. Oh, lit. Okay, I want <laughs> yeah. to make sure it's not as fancy as a charcuterie. No. No, now that then that's a cool. charcuterie board. Imagine that's actually what her mom makes. It's just these beautiful, fantastic charcuterie boards that you can yeah. like, find in, in Monsta if you sell your, like, animo sigils. A colca platter is one of the uh, foods that we can also make for... I forgot what it does, but it's, it is one of our foods that we can make. Mm -hmm. Isn't her signature dish, like, just a simple salad or something? It <laughs> so is. I'm sure <laughs> eating is. meat is, like, extravagant <laughs> for her. <laughs> It's also Fischl's signature dish. Mm, okay. Again, they are wives. <laughs> See, I don't go that far. To me, I know we have some problems with ages and things like that. But to me, Fischl is a teenager. Like, just because, like, she became the princessin because, like, she didn't make a part in the play, in the high school play <laughs> type of thing. <laughs> so to me, she's still young. But, okay, so... Then how old is Mona? Much older. I always assumed Mona was like 22. Mm. But they're the same height. Wait, we have learned that that means nothing <laughs> yeah. in this game. Venti That's is why I'm making a point of it. That's why I made the point. <laughs> yeah, them being the same height doesn't make them the same age at all. 
I will say too, I've always imagined Mona as like a older cousin, like the cool older cousin who's like putting up with her shit. Yeah. And she's got to make sure she doesn't like get herself like in trouble or like thrown off a cliff. She's definitely like caretakery towards Fischl. <laughs> um, also, I think it's so funny you mentioned the salad bee because Mona has actually been known to eat mushrooms for a whole month just because she was so poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like this bitch is out here eating like Tiff's worst nightmare. Yes. <laughs> probably getting high as hell too. She's probably eating the wrong mushrooms half yeah, the time. She really needs to hang out with Tinyari a little bit. Yeah, and Kazua. The three of them would have such a good time. Look, when you trip and you don't get that hungry. But Mona actually did meet Kazuha in the summer event this year. And I know we've talked a little bit about it, but the summer event mostly surrounded Fischl. But we got a lot of background information on some of the other characters involved, mm-hmm. including Mona. And we learned a little bit about her Bruno past. <laughs> which was interesting. And for travelers who don't know, I'm referring to Bruno and Encanto, where the poor guy like also could see the future and people keep asking him questions and they come true and then they get mad at him, basically. Like, he made it happen. Mm-hmm. But he's just telling them the pure facts. Mona kind of has a similar sentiment, which is really sad. She feels like she's often breaking these horrible fates to people. Yeah, and she doesn't like to sugarcoat anything, so she's just totally, like, outrightly just being like, oh yeah, sorry, you dog's gonna die in a day isn't there a moment where she's also scrying of like hey can do you know where my lost child is and she's like they're finna fucking dead man oh my god i haven't heard that one i'm glad i haven't i, would be I so thought sad. that was the summer event one it might have been i don't remember maybe it wasn't a child maybe it was just like a long lost love and it's like it's some yeah it's something dark as hell because i remember yeah. being like oh that's dark <laughs> she deals with a lot of dark shit which i mean of course if you're looking into the future it's not all going to be rainbows and sunshine. Like, makes sense. People die. People, you know, things don't work out as well yeah. as you want them to. And hearing that, I think anyone would react harshly. Unfortunately, Mona is the one who takes the brunt of it. It's like, she's like, well, unfortunately, your business venture isn't going to work out. Sorry, bud. He's like, you bitch. <laughs> but she doesn't deserve that. She's just telling him how it is. That's true. It's sad. It's really very sad. And she has told us a lot about the constellations of like people we know, right? Like the futures of the people around us kind of. And we haven't seen any of these depressing stories from them, which is also curious. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how much she keeps to herself, you know, just out of protection for herself. That's true. I wonder if she holds back with people she's close with. Yeah, because wouldn't you be creeped out if like one of your friends was like, I know when and how you're gonna die (laughs) (laughs) that would oof you'd think she could have told us where our damn sibling was (laughs) yeah good point but i guess that can go back into the tricky tricky ermansol right fucking ermansol man i doubt everything in this game after learning about (laughs) ermansol as you should and do we find anything else out about mona specifically during the summer event i know that's when we find out she's not broke that was the part that really stood out the most for me honestly (laughs) um and i don't know why it sounds terrible like but like we found out like she like because she like opened up her lab and we were like damn What's yeah, all this? <laughs> her like dream realm is is her house, and we're like, what the fuck? Yeah, but I don't think we learned much about her. We learned much about her like backstory or family or anything like that, like we did with like Jin Yan in that one. Yeah, I think it was just the inner dialogue of like 
how troubling and sad her skill is, <laughs> her really. Is. <laughs> Divination and scrying, not all that it's cracked up to be. Right. We know for sure that she has a semi, semi quasi family in the old hag because that's her master and I guess the only mentor she's had. She definitely follows the found family trope that we love. We love to see it. Yeah, it's it's big in, in Genshin. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's top tier, top tier. But we, yeah, we, we don't know anything about her family life. And that could be because maybe she's an orphan. We don't know. And, and I'm guessing, I am guessing heavy speculation that we'll see something in Fontaine. I hope. Because I really do think she's from Fontaine. Because why why would the editor-in-chief recommend Mona as a columnist? The original astrologist that was doing the column stepped down, like retired, because she was old. And then he's like, oh, here, newspaper, this is Mona Majestis, also an astrologist. And that's how she got the job. But she was infamous, though. I mean, she could have been infamous, like, then, and he could have, you know, sent word, but in, I still think, like, why this connection with Fontaine specifically? Yeah, I hope they do sort of take advantage of that and, like, give her, like, fill in more of her backstory. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it was that they're, the contributing journalist was traveling. Like, he was traveling around and heard about her and, like, went to find her because of it which is also curious like why is her name so like popular around Tavat? do you think that's because of the old hag do you think people know that she's like related to the hexen circle i think so i would think that like the successors and stuff like that would kind of have some sort of popularity or you know knowledge of them but she could also be very known for being bruno you know i think everyone knows that she regularly does six-figure crits <laughs> and they're like oh shit yeah they see her like running <laughs> over the water and they're like Ooh. oh my god yeah that is so cool that you could do that it's so nice when you gotta fight gimel <laughs> <laughs> travelers who don't know gimel is the geo hypostasis and by now we have pretty much all the bosses names down pat or we have names made up for them <laughs> and i was playing genshin with a friend the other day who doesn't play very often and she was like i need this like the pillar thing from gimmel and i was like all right we gotta go fight gimmel and she goes who's gimmel dude is that like child <laughs> and i was like <laughs> Uh, uh, yes. no, that, that's a square. That's a cute. <laughs> it's a hypostasis. And if you yeah. have Mona, you can use B's trick of when you teleport it in, you just fancy yourself right over the water and go mm-hmm. right over to Gimel and not have to run through all the hilly trails. That's and right. Mona or Ayaka. It's fantastic. <laughs> the us <laughs> 4 users uh, don't really have the ability to do that because we take so long to change characters. I'd have to change to my claymore when I get there. <laughs> You have to leave three days before us to go fight it. At least three, maybe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
more. But okay, so we've talked a little bit about this official relationship. We've talked about the Albedo Clee relationship. Is there anyone else in the game that Mona is well known with and has like some good relations with? I can't think of any off the top of my head. I feel like honestly, she's a little bit of a recluse. Yeah, she's broke. She can't go out no more. Yeah, I really think it's all about official and Albedo. Yeah. Although she does save Timaeus with you who did she save Timaeus with in Windbloom? Was it with Eula? Not Eula. But Mona found him like hanging off a cliff in Windbloom. He was trying to pick flowers and he fell. And Mona was like, Your fate is not ready for you today. <laughs> <laughs> I love it that she's like a danger detector. Like I wish I could just have her follow me around. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and just like, you know, like blurp me away from danger. <laughs> Not the blurp. I love that blurping is a thing now. <laughs> uh, it is curious. There is another interesting little tidbit about Mona I wanted to share. If you look at her combat talents and you go down to look at her mirror reflection thing, which is when she throws like the little dolly thing into the field, it has a cute little note and it says that skilled astrologers have always dreamed of using a phantom facsimile of themselves to ward off intimate ill fate. But Mona must be the first to make such a mockery of it in all of Tavat, since it's like kind of a chibi version of herself and like a goofy version. And it made me think of what you just said, Brandon, of like her being this like danger warden, right? And how she just throws this little guy out to distract people while she runs away. <laughs> you know, I you know, it's so interesting in this game because there's so many different places where you can find lore bits like hidden. Yeah, that's for sure. Because like, I mean, outside of uh, which we saw the three moon princesses sisters i feel like if i don't say sisters b's gonna be like sisters <laughs> <laughs> we found out with that i mean even there was so much that we just found through books and stuff like that even if you go back to last season when we talked about the viridescent better a lot of it is just in these little tiny little pieces and it's, it's really amazing like i imagine that the people who write the story in genshin have this like room of like a thousand post-its with like lines going back and forth <laughs> kind of like yeah. that meme of charlie from it's always sunny in philadelphia when he's like <laughs> trying to connect all the stuff around <laughs> i honestly imagine that as us on a regular basis we are charlie <laughs> i mean i feel like you need that just for scaramouche's storyline alone oh my Seriously. god and speaking of i would be really curious to see like how mona gets along with wanderer mm. now you know what i mean like because remember when we first meet Scaramouche in Unreconciled Stars, Mona is immediately like danger, danger, and like blurps away. <laughs> first of all, she can teleport other people <laughs> with her magic. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I would be really curious to see her have an interaction with him now that he's, you know, changed Ermin Soul. Yeah. yeah. See what her natural instinct is. Right. To beat the shit okay. out of him. Like, how does that change the fate? Right. Yeah. Is, she's, is it? Is he still going to set off her danger detector? Stranger danger. Well, that's also another very popular Mona ship, you know. Oh, yes. The really? big hat, big hat. The big hat. Big hat, big hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. They wouldn't be able to kiss. The hats would be in the way. Well, yeah, but we could take our hats off, guys. Kazawa <laughs> is going around stealing everyone's hats anyway, so it doesn't matter. The hats stay on during sex. No, no. Kazawa steals everyone's hat. I hope you all have seen that meme. I will send it if you haven't. <laughs> but Kazuha is stealing everyone's hats, so they're good. It's just like Kazuha has pulled a Doug Dimadome, but it's, instead of one hat, it's just a tower of hats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kazuha from the Doug Dimadome Dimadome. 
I just love the idea that like Mona is kind of like this like very like dark academia like aesthetic vibe about her and then you got emo boy like Scara. I like them as a couple. I'm here for it. Oh, okay. She's I, shipping it, y'all. I do. I definitely oh my ship God. it. It's hard because I that's the only I mean I don't know. I'm like 50-50 on the Albedo Mona ship. Like there are days that I want to like it. And then I'm like, but nah. And then Mona official. Again, I see them more as like cousins, which is very specific, but I do. And Mona Scara, like I I can vibe with that. I have the three like main ships I know for Mona. That's the one I really go for. It's hard though, because Scara Child is also a good ship. Really? Scara Child? Oh my god, yes, yeah, Scara Child is a huge ship and they give off Golden Retriever Black Cat energy. Oh, they do. It makes me think of, I don't know if any of you have watched it or seen anything about it, but uh, there's a newer anime that came out called Buddy Daddies. <gasps> yes! Oh! It's basically about these two like assassins who accidentally end up adopting a child. And it's Spy X Family, but gay. It's a little different than Spy X Family, but yeah. Okay, but the, but the concept wise. Why is it still pretty different but also that's because i really like both of them anyway <laughs> in buddy daddies the two main characters are kazuke and ray and i might be pronouncing both of those wrong but ray is very much your dark brooding shadow he, he is the scara and then kazuke is the child of the situation he's like a blonde golden retriever boy and that energy is so fun so i like that <laughs> idea as well and also like scara and child are both murderous assholes so that could be fun did you see the one with its scara child and dodore no i don't want anything with dodore i hate that <laughs> motherfucker I some hate people him. ship dodore and lisa together and i'm like i hate this he makes me guess everything to him and ornaments all a second case everything in this game it's like he's in every timeline <laughs> i hate him like i really like i i actually i was i think the other day i was talking with brandon and tiff about it i was like it is just so crazy to me that they threw a character like dodore into genshin <laughs> because now you have a not only a mad scientist character where you have this fear that he could kidnap any of your favorite characters at any point and torture them but you know you have characters who have gone up against Dodorei at this point you've had Tignari you've had Kala you would have uh Alhaitham you have Nahida like you have these characters who have very bluntly been like fuck you Dodorei no so it's like he could at any moment come and kidnap them start torturing us torture their loved ones <laughs> But also, you have a character that has created segments of himself. And although we are told that segments are gone, who the fuck knows? And on top of that, we know that these segments can camouflage themselves as other people. So how terrifying is that? Like, how terrifying is Dodore as a character? Mm -hmm. <laughs> through the Kyber quest, through the jet quest in Sumero, I was just like, where is he? He's here somewhere. I know this motherfucker is going to jump out of the nowhere. It's like we smell him. I smell some bullshit. I just, I don't know. He he scares the shit out of me. And I want to know what Mona thinks of him. I want her to read his astrology. She's like, y'all, you, if you don't kill him, we're all dead. That's what she's going to tell you. <laughs> she's going to be like, if you don't figure it out right now. But anyway. Y'all finna dead. 
I wanted to talk about one other character real quick and then we could jump into theories. But one more character that has some relations sort of to Mona is actually Layla. And while Layla does not know Mona, she like aspires to be Mona. Like she has a voice line about Mona and everything and she like looks up to her and I just think it's really sweet and I hope we get to see the two of them together. Yeah, that would be adorable. It's also interesting because when Layla was first coming out, a lot of people were like, is this like Mona's sister? So it's also kind of cute that she like maybe she dresses like mona i could see that that'd be so sweet question is she originally from sumeru layla i believe so i'm not 100 percent sure but i think since she's a student in the academia i mean i know that means nothing but she seems like someone who might have grown up in the area and like mm-hmm. you know one of those like you have no choice but to go to college type of things because we yeah. live right next to the college <laughs> <laughs> god yeah i mean from the speculations that are you know of, of media right we think fontaine is both close to leeway and to sumeru so maybe just like she's heard she's heard of mona majestus through the grapevine and is like oh, i want to be her i want to be her or be in her i don't know i want to oh, be no. her <laughs> you know what official's about to have some competition <laughs> it is a cute little thing like even with you see with like Kale where she dressed like Amber because she looked up to her and stuff mm-hmm. so it'd be a neat little kind of thing to see again somewhere but um speaking of seeing somewhere like you know what are you guys thinking about the future for Mona what are you seeing in your scry glass <laughs> I really hope that you know she's sort of like the pathway to learning more about the Hexen Circle mm-hmm Agreed. Yeah. Because it really does feel like with Ryan Daughter being involved in the Hexen Circle, it leads me to believe definitely part of Endgame, definitely part of like either they're going to be allying themselves with the big bad or fighting against the big bad. Who knows? And the fact that they're trying to study Soul in that leading to forbidden knowledge leads me to think that they might know more than, of course, that they let on. Because, of course, why would witches, you know, ever, you know, let their cards slide from their chests? I hope and would love to see, just like how I want there to be a Phoenix Wright trial with Yanfei defending us in Fontaine Court, because of course, I want to see Mona going to the Steambird and getting fired. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just like, in fact, you know, just not loving your homes anymore because really I don't want to see that. I just want to see her in Fontaine and to learn more about her in Fontaine. Yeah, and I would love to see her have more interactions with Albedo and Klee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely yeah anything for albedo content <laughs> <laughs> i think b though i think you're very right though that she'll be like a direct line into us learning more about the hexen circle and i think it's going to become especially since we just we did just have this bigger part of it kind of shown in Windbloom. it seems like it's going to be something that comes up i would hope very soon but mona would be the great little catalyst into it and potentially maybe we'll see her turn into the successor or like have a little bit more of a close call into kind of taking over b's role Oh, B. I didn't mean that B. The other B. (laughs) Mona is not taking over B's role, but the old hag. (laughs) Marbalaw. Oh, I might just start calling you the old hag now, B. I'm dead. It fits. (laughs) That's how I feel on the inside, so. (laughs) 
I do think that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, travelers, for learning a little bit about astrology and coming down this monalicious path with us. If you had any thoughts or you want to keep up to date on the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Tales of Tavat Pod, or on Twitter, Tales of Tavat. You can also let us know what you thought about this episode and more by emailing us at talesofdevotpod at gmail.com. Next week, we are going to be talking about the grand old Aranara Odyssey, the first 9,000 year long Odyssey <laughs> in the game. Bring your popcorn and your pillows. Yeah. No pillows. <laughs> no, no, no. No pillows. Bring your you need voice to get settled in for a long journey. Yes, yes. Get cuddly. Get your snacks. And You're play. about to get some ass sores because we're going to be here for quite a while. <laughs> uh, those little guys have a lot of details. But with that being said, safe journeys, travelers. We'll see you next time. Bye, stargazing nerds. Bye.